This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Hello everyone. Um, it's my privilege to be with you today. My name is Peter Wasserfall. I'm an elder in the, in the Paul congregation and um, I just want to start by praying for us, if you don't mind, just closing your eyes with me. Thank you, Lord, that we can be in this beautiful setting today, Lord, and thank you that you are with us, each and every one of us, wherever we are. Thank you that you have a plan and a purpose with us, Lord. And I thank you that as we look today, Lord, at the life of Moses, Lord, that you're going to reveal to us, each and every one of us, Lord, what specific thing it is that you want to place on our hearts, Lord, for us to do in this season, in this time. Lord, we've got an expectation, Lord, um, to hear your voice. We've got an expectation to get direction from you, Lord, and um, we just want to do your will, Lord, and we just want to see your kingdom come and your will be done, Lord. I pray today that you will take this message, Lord, and that um, that you will just make it bear fruit wherever you want it to bear fruit, in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to um, speak to you today about the life of Moses, um, specifically, and I think in the time that we're living in, more than ever before, I think it's relevant, and, and as I go through the life of Moses and I'm going to share a bit about my own personal testimony I really trust that God would speak to each and every one of us so I want to start right in the beginning um, even before Moses was born it was a time when um, Joseph had gone into you guys will remember the story of Joseph and how he went ended up in Egypt and how his father and his brothers and everyone came out and this was a particular time that um, Joseph had already passed away his fathers his brothers everyone had passed away and there was a new pharaoh in in egypt and and he didn't have any knowledge of of joseph or relationship with joseph or any particular commitment towards joseph and um what he started seeing is that the israelites grew into a mighty nation and he started saying that we need to oppress these people and we need to really start um preventing them because if any of the enemies were to come against egypt and these guys were to were to turn against us and fight with them we'd be in big trouble so one of the things that pharaoh did is he started out by just subjecting all the israelites to slave labor it was a very particularly bad time for the israelites and um, further than that he went one step further and he started saying let's kill each and every male child that is born amongst the israelites so what happened is um moses at this particularly bad time for israel um, uh, it says that a Levite um, man, a Levite woman came together and they had a son and they were particularly um, saw that it was a fair son and there was Moses that was born and his mother then obviously at the time didn't want him to be killed so she hid him in the house for about three months and eventually the pressure mounted and it was too much and she had to do something with her son out of a fear that they would find him. She made a little basket of papyrus, put him in the river and we all know the story how his sister went along the banks of the river and pharaoh's daughter was bathing and she saw this baby and she had compassion on it and she ended up raising the child um in her own um in her own household in the palace basically of the pharaoh so why is this relevant and um i've been thinking about it quite a bit um the time was a particularly bad time and i really believe that god specifically saw um, the struggles and the challenges that the Israelites were going through and he literally decided that he's going to send someone to deliver his people and I, I really believe and I, I as I was reading through this 
um, I started seeing that God hasn't, this wasn't the only time or the first time in the history where God literally in a very particularly difficult time for his people, he sent a baby or he sent someone. I mean, we all know of, of John the Baptist and of Jesus that came in a very particular time. And even, and then as I read through it, there's more and more stories of the same thing where God basically sends a deliverer in a particularly bad time for his people. And what was of particular interest to me was Jeremiah. And when I read, I want you guys to just read with me from Jeremiah 1 verse 4 to 5. It says, the word of the Lord came to me. This is now Jeremiah saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. You know, as I read this, I immediately started thinking, it's, it's incredible how the God of the universe can see a particular situation and that he can then, before, before that baby was born, he already put and predestined what he wanted Moses to become. And um, I think just taking it back to where I think we are in South Africa at the moment, I think we're living in a particularly challenging time in South Africa. It's been challenging for many years, but at the moment, I mean, the coronavirus pandemic is just adding to all of that. People are oppressed, not only in South Africa globally, but I want us to just for a moment look at South Africa and see that people are in a similar situation. I want us to try and, and, and almost draw a comparison between what the Israelites were facing, being subjected, being oppressed, being hopeless, not, not having a, a future. Um, and uh, and where a lot of the South African people at the moment find themselves in. And I would like to believe that for in the same way that God, in that particularly difficult time, sent a boy with the name Moses and orchestrated the whole surroundings, surrounding his, um, his, his birth and obviously for the rest of his life, I like to believe that God is, in some of our own lives, all of us, to some extent, have also been sent by God for such a time as this. And the more I dwell upon this idea, the more I realize that God predestined, God preordained some of us, and all I believe all of us that are His children, He knew us before we were born. And He put something particular inside of us for such a time as this. And I mean, the more challenging the situation in South Africa becomes, the more I start realizing that God had specifically sent us and prepared us for such a time as this. So I think I just I want to move on a little bit. I'm going back to the story of Moses. I want us to move on. Moses then grew up um, in the palace of Pharaoh. I mean, some of us saw the, the story of the Prince of Egypt and um, how he grew up. And, and, and then at one time, I think he was about 18, 19 years old. Moses decided, look, he's going to um, he saw the Egyptians beating his people, the Hebrew people, and he and he looked around to see whether there was anyone looking and he went in and he killed the Egyptian. He buried him in the sand and um, some of the Israelites saw him and they told him about it um, the next day when he confronted them fighting and they said, are you also going to kill us? And then Moses became afraid. We, we, we see how Pharaoh heard about it. Pharaoh wanted to kill Moses and he just fled into the desert. So, and as Moses came into the desert, he met um, uh, Jethro and his seven daughters and Jethro um, he, he protected the daughters at the well we know the story and then eventually he got married to one of Jethro's daughters called Zipporah and I think it was a particularly good time for Moses he, he it says that he got married he was tending to his father-in-law's sheep um, and he and he had children with Zipporah 
and then he's busy one day looking after his father's sheep this is now many years that had passed and and then he sees this burning bush and we all know um, the story of how God then tells him that I, I have seen and I've heard the misery of my people in Egypt and I want you to go back to Pharaoh and I want you to go and tell him to let my people go so that they may come and have um, so that they, that they may come into the promised land that I've prepared for him. And, uh, and Moses, I find it quite interesting what happens then. I mean, Moses, he immediately, he responds back to God and he says, look, what, what will I tell them who sent me? Um, and they won't believe me. And he goes on and four times he makes excuses for for why he, he, he doesn't feel competent or capable to be able to go and see Pharaoh. I mean, the last time when when God asked him sort of, well, um, go back and tell him that I am and it's I am that sent you. Um, he even goes on to say, no, but I'm, I'm not a man of eloquent speech and I don't know what to do. And I think a lot of us go through a similar experience. I mean, I think as I was as I was reading what Moses went through when he was felt the sense of commissioning or the sense of calling from God in the burning bush. Um, I went and I read up about some of the other people um, in the word and in the Bible that that also went through a similar situation. And I think it was surprising to me how similar people responded to the call of God for the people that are in bondage and the people that are oppressed. And the way they all responded was quite, quite interesting to me. I just want to refer to you um, refer you to to two particular examples the one is Isaiah so when God came at, at uh, we all maybe know the familiar scripture in Isaiah 6 where he had this vision and this experience with God and he saw the Lord seated in the throne and uh, the train of his robe filled the temple and the angels were all around him and we just see Isaiah just basically falling on his face and saying woe is me for I'm undone I'm a man of unclean lips but I've seen the king and uh, it, it's I'm going to read it to you guys from Isaiah 6 verse 5 to 8 it says woe is me for I am ruined I'm a man of ceremonially unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips for my eyes have seen the king the lord of hosts then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal in his hand, which I had taken from the altar with tongs. He touched my mouth with it and said, Listen carefully, this has touched your lips. Your wickedness, your sin, your injustice, your wrongdoing is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. And then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And then he said, Here I am, send me. We spoke about Jeremiah earlier and I just want to go back to Jeremiah and uh, he had a very similar experience to what Moses and Isaiah had when called by God. We heard about the first part Jeremiah 1 verse 4 that I read earlier. Before I formed you in the womb I knew you. Before you were born I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Now Jeremiah was quite young. I think some scholars say that he was between 17 and 20 years old when this happened. Now listen to his response, Jeremiah 1 verse 6, he says, Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I'm too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. 
See, today I appoint you to the nations and kingdoms to uproot and to tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. It's surprisingly similar how when Isaiah starts saying, Woe is me and I am undone, and the angel comes to touch his lips in the same way, the Lord speaks to Jeremiah and touches his lips and says to him, Not because of who you are, but because of me touching your lips and making you clean and having called you. That is why you can go and do the work that I've prepared for you beforehand. So I think it's important for us just to come back to this particular time that we are in as a country. To look at the life of Moses, to look at the life of Isaiah, of Jeremiah, all of them particularly being called into a time of difficulty for the Israelites, God having prepared them, predestined them, preordained them, sent them in, let them grow up until some of them 17, some of them 40, 50 years old, like in the case of Moses. And then God comes and says, now I have prepared you, go and set my people free or go and speak to Pharaoh or go and become a prophet to me to the nations. And all of them immediately responded with their own physical limitations or Maybe um, in, in the case, some of them had fear, emotional limitations, but all of them responded in the same way. And God then said, it's not because of who you are, but because of who I am. Go therefore, and I will go with you. Do not be afraid and do not make excuses for your age. And uh, I've particularly found that this message resonated with me a lot. As over the last 10, 15 years, God have... Um, He's been speaking to me in a very similar way. He's been coming to me and, and laying a particular group of people on my heart and then coming to me and, and sending me and commissioning me and releasing me to do something about the poverty or the oppression or the, the situation that these people find themselves in. I want to just share some of the stories with you to encourage you and to say to you that it's not because of who I am or because of who Moses was or Jeremiah or Isaiah was, but it's because of who God is. And it's because of the plans that he has for the people that are the, his people that are suffering and that he wants to reach and that he wants to free. So I remember back in 2010, 11, I was um, roaming around helping one of my friends on a farm with some of his farm workers. And uh, he said, look, he thinks his farm workers are struggling, really. They can't save. They are ridden with debt. A lot of them are caught up in this dead spiral. He wanted me to come and look at it. And I spent, went out and spent some time with his farm workers. And after the second or third time that I sat down with each of them individually, I found out that it was a complete mess, that they were really stuck in a dead spiral and all of them were taking our debt. And I remember going back and walking in the mountain and being angry with some of these institutions that are just robbing the people um, because of the illiteracy and the inability to make sound, wise financial decisions. And, uh, and I was wrestling with God and God just said to me, but what are you going to do about it? And, uh, and I said, Lord, but I can't. What do you want me to do about it? And I felt God specifically saying to me that I must go out and, and proclaim freedom and hope to the people. That was what I felt God saying to me. And that led to, I remember the first thing that I, that I felt led by God to do was to actually resign. And uh, from my corporate job that I had at the time working for an American company, and uh, I cashed in my pension money at that point and I settled all the debt of the farm workers on the first farm that I could go to. And I just in faith did what I felt God telling me to do. And I started helping them to save and to, um, and, and within 13 months they had 
repaid me back in full and they'd started saving properly. And then the next farm came and the next farm came. And I think at the moment we, we're working with some 50 or 60 different farms spread all across the country, um, ranging from smaller farms to, to really large corporate farms. And we're helping people to get rid of debt and to get out of debt and to start saving for a better financial future. It's just one small example of how God comes and he lays a particular group of people on your heart and then he commissions you and sends you to do something in faith that's obviously going to require and cost something of you. But God is the one who comes and brings the increase because he's the one who has the plan. I want to share another example with you um, about seven, eight years ago. A lady came to see me i was still in cape town at the time and she said there's a big problem with orphans in the winelands in the winelands area in stalambash and paul they've got some 2,000 orphans that have gone through the this uh, the process of being removed from their houses or their families but they they didn't have anywhere to go and she had a vision and a dream to find a farm where they could um they could bring these children and they could help them um uh, sort of come into a loving household and then also set up businesses that could support it. And we said, look, we don't know exactly what it's going to look like. But I once again went to the Lord and felt God saying to me, what are you going to do about it? You need to get involved. And we started going out and we bought a farm outside Stellenbosch. This was 2014. And uh, we initially just um, renovated one of the houses. We got the first six children in um, literally that we picked up from the streets. And we planted the first three hectares of blueberries that uh, the plan was always for the blueberries to somehow support the initiative that we had going with the orphans. And God just came and he just gave us a really abundant harvest in the first year. Um, we literally picked two or three times more than what would be expected of, a, of, of blueberry plantings in their first year. And we knew that God was in it and we started expanding the blueberry orchards. And um, at the moment, it's, it's become a really sizable blueberry operation but the the reason why we did it was never because of the blueberries to start out with so just coming back to the series that we're busy with at the moment God at work I really believe that work and um, ministry and doing what God has called us to is is not something that you separate from each other I mean work really is just in obedience doing in obedience whatever God has told you to do and he brings the increase and he, he, he leads us in the way that we should go. And I've found this in, in other examples as well. Everywhere where I'm involved in business, I really feel God is obviously wanting to be with his people. A lot of his people are suffering in South Africa, but all over the continent, all over the world, people are suffering. And God is busy raising up children, his children, that he predestined even before they were born. He knew them and he knew what he wanted them to do. So he's been preparing a lot of us. If I look at back, back at my life, I just can't help but think some days that it's been a setup, that God has been so involved in it all along. The school I went to, the university I went to, the friends I made along the way, the wife I decided to marry, the qualification I ended up getting, the places I worked, everywhere I go, while I'm in it, I don't necessarily understand it. But come five years or 10 years later and I look back, I know that it was purely God busy orchestrating what he was busy doing. And, and as I then look back, I see that God constantly comes to me and he breaks my heart for what breaks his heart, which is oftentimes his people that are in bondage in whichever way, shape or form. And he then calls me 
and, and urges me in the same way that he urged Moses and Isaiah and Jeremiah in the, in the scriptures that I read to us a bit earlier. He just calls me and he won't leave me alone until I do it. So I also make excuses in the same way that Moses made excuses, but God wasn't going to let Moses off the hook in the same way that I don't believe he's going to let us off the hook. God wants us to go because he has been preparing us even before we were born for such a time as this. And we need to be in Isaiah 61. It says it so beautifully. It says, for I, the, I've been anointed to preach the good news to the poor, to bind up the broken hearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. And all of these things was a prophecy that was fulfilled by Jesus. So when Jesus came, he opened the scroll in Luke 4. We see that he read this and he said, in the hearing of everyone here today, this prophecy had been fulfilled. Jesus came to free the captives, to bind up the brokenhearted, to, um, to share the good news. I mean, we are not called to do anything other than that. So what I want to encourage all of us to do just in response to this word is to really go to God and to say to him, Lord, I want to surrender all my own plans, my own ambitions, my own dreams, the things that I want to do, maybe the businesses that I want to build. And I want to surrender and I want to ask you, come break my heart for whatever breaks your heart. Show me the people that you have created and called me to serve so that I can go out and proclaim liberty to the captives in the same way that Moses did it and go and heal up the bind up the broken hearted and proclaim the gospel and that is what i believe we should be doing in this season when a, while a lot of us are struggling with the purpose of life uh, people as people die around us we all start questioning why are we here in the first place we are here temporarily only for a short period of time but we have been sent here for a purpose by god who knew us and created us uh, before we were formed in our mother's womb. He already knew what he wanted to do with us. So I want to leave you with that. And I'm going to pray for us just uh, in closing that God would come and do in all of our hearts what he wants to do. So if you don't mind just closing your eyes with me. Lord, thank you that you are all seeing, all knowing, and that you've been there from the beginning and you will always be there, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that you have created us lord we believe in faith lord that you have created us even before we were born lord you put something inside of us lord for such a time as this lord thank you that you are going to break each and every one of our hearts lord for the people that are your people lord that are in bondage that are in oppression lord that are living in in harsh circumstances lord and i pray that you will as you lay that on our hearts lord that you will that you will send us, Lord. As Isaiah said, Lord, when you when you said, whom shall I send? Who will go for us, Lord? Thank you that we will, we will as a people, Lord, stand up and say, here I am, Lord, send me, Lord, so that we can go and administer your redemptive purposes and plans, Lord, your freedom, and, and we can restore hope to the people, to your people, Lord, in the same way that you restored hope and purpose to your people, the Israelites, Lord, when you led them to the promised land, Lord. We pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.